Hello, and welcome back to Legal Tech Tapas, the podcast that brings you bite-sized summaries of the latest legal technologies with me, Andrew Jardine. This week on the show, we'll be serving up a new take on a classic dish with Ross Intelligence, an AI-enabled legal research tool, which is one of the early pioneers in the legal tech space. Using a new approach to tackle the age-old task of legal research, a little differently. And to explain all of this, we'll be joined by none other than Andrew Aruda, CEO and co-founder of Ross Intelligence. Now, legal research tools are not anything particularly new. Most lawyers will be familiar with the likes of Westlaw and Lexis, which have been on the market for quite a while. In a nutshell, these tools provide an online way to find and access research materials a lawyer is going to need when arguing a court case. Think statutes, regulations, and of course, case law. So if you need to build and substantiate an argument, these tools will help you to do so more quickly and more robustly. Ross, of course, fundamentally does do the same thing as Westlaw and Lexis. It helps you to find and access the research materials you need. But what Ross does slightly differently is change the way in which lawyers interact with the research tool itself. Instead of having to detail your search with complicated keyword sets and other selected options which an inexperienced user might find difficult, Ross simplifies the experience by letting the user ask a question in natural language. To give you an example, you might ask Ross, what is the distinction between a contractor or an employee in New York? Following which Ross would bring up a list of relevant cases and also identify which are likely to be the most relevant for your question. Another fun feature of Ross is the document analyzer. This tool, among other things, automatically finds previous negative citations for cases that you upload to the tool. Using this, you could quickly check for weaknesses in the arguments of your opposing counsel, for instance, and even strength check your own. And if you aren't exactly sure what a negative citation is, all you need to know is that cases that have more negative citations are less trustworthy. Now that we've finished our Ross appetizer, I think it's time to move on to main course, talking to Ross co-founder and CEO, Andrew Aruda, who we were lucky enough to meet up with in his bustling Toronto office. Andrew, thank you for joining us on the show today. Always good to have a fellow Torontonian on the show. And thank you for hosting us in your offices as well. They're very startup-esque. Well, uh, it, it's not a visit to a startup unless there's, you know, high ceilings, a wide open space and um, also a foosball table. So I think uh, we checked all of that. Yeah, I saw the foosball table in the lobby. And I'm actually really looking forward to hear what you have to say today, because Ross is one of the companies I'd always seen in the press, but personally didn't know too much about. So I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm really uh, looking forward to it. I also think it's fun to speak to someone named Andrew. And I think we've done a, a wonderful job as a company. Um, getting some great uh, brand recognition, but not everyone does legal research, um, specifically U.S. legal research. I'm so happy to provide some insights into what we do and how we do it and what's coming next. Cool. So to start things off, would you mind sharing a little background 
about yourself and something interesting about yourself as well as if you have one? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would boil myself down to I am a Canadian entrepreneur, um, first generation immigrant. Um, and uh, why I bring that up is I got really excited about entrepreneurship and law um, in an immigrant community that wasn't always necessarily as integrated um, with the broader kind of civic reality of day to day life in Canada. And so I saw this desperate need that individuals have to be able to access things like the legal system. And at the same time, I think um, growing up uh, as a first generation immigrant, I was filled with these tales of, you know, being able to get out there and, and be almost adventurous and start a new thing and, and pursue your dreams. And so that's what got me into legal technology and legal entrepreneurship. And I guess some uh, fun things about me was when I, as a, when I was younger, I specifically wanted to be a lion doctor. I'm not sure what that exactly meant. And I don't know if you know anyone else who has done this magnificent feat. I have once, again, also as a child, I'm happy to note that I was younger. I had fallen into the uh, koi fish pond at a Chinese buffet restaurant. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I hope you were okay after that. It sounded like a pretty dangerous thing for a child to do. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was about four or five. And I think that I wanted to be able to touch one of the fish because they were so beautiful looking. And I guess I fell in. So there might be a joke about um, kind of uh, the, the old Greek tale of staring into the water and getting lost in it. Uh, but the beauty was not me. It was a koi fish. Okay. And uh, did your parents not approve of the lion doctor career path? I think, uh, I think they were, they approved that. I think they approved that more at that time than when I told them I was going to stop be being a lawyer and start a legal technology company. That was uh, actually a much tougher sell, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, Andrew, am I right in thinking that Ross originally started in Toronto, but you're now mostly based in, in California? You know, what was the reason for making that move? Yeah, so we started at the University of Toronto. Um, of course, I think really the birthplace of a lot of what you're seeing from a deep learning perspective. In other words, what really makes these machine learning, natural language processing systems work. And we ended up um, relocating as an entire team. But at that point, we were three, four folks um, down to Silicon Valley to be part of Y Combinator which for folks listening in and who might not know YC, they're an incubator, kind of almost the first incubator um, for startups. Um, they invest in you early and they guide you through the process. And they invested in companies like Airbnb and Dropbox and Reddit. And so we moved down for that program, Andrew. And then once we started getting some really good traction, it was always our hope to have a Toronto presence specifically with tech. And so where we're recording right now is our Toronto office, our, uh, our research and development office. And this is where the engineering and really the magic gets uh, get, happens, I would, I would say. Not to say that sales, customer success, marketing, and other administrative roles aren't as exciting. I think they are. But those are the folks that would be in, in San Francisco. Okay. Very glad to hear that you're coming back to Toronto. Good to have a home here. Yes. I mean, Toronto is always going to be home, and it always gives me a reason to split my time. So, Andrew, given your background as a lawyer, if you were going to explain and pitch Ross to a younger version of yourself, how would you do that and what would you say? What I would say is, hey, Andrew, you know how legal research can be really painful and take a long time and you can't really charge for it? I would say, yep. And then I would say, well, I found a solution to that. And I probably would be skeptical and, and ask my future self how that would work. And I would say we use um, technology that enables you to ask fully formed research questions, um, be able to add context like what procedural posture that you're researching within and even the facts of your case. 
And instead of legal research taking um, a process that could take hours and you could miss out on information, we can cut that time down significantly, but more importantly, help you find information you need to see and you might miss um, using the more traditional methods. Mm, okay. Um, so usually the next thing that we ask on the show is for a guest to share a client success story, a time when one of your clients had a lot of success with your product. And I would still love to hear that, but if you don't mind, it'd be good to try something a little bit new as well. Fun. I'd also be interested to hear a product failure story and what you learned from that product failure. Yeah, well, I think I actually, I, I love the fact that you phrased it that way, Andrew. I'm, I've been a big advocate with specifically within legal tech to be able to share your iterating stories of failure because I feel like in law, um, in legal and lawyers, it's it's a real big faux pas and a taboo to discuss failure. Um, and it's something that culturally doesn't happen that much in law. And I think that bleeds a little bit into legal technology. So you have this weird situation where in technology, you know, famously Elon Musk puts a, a, a put a clip up of all the times his jets blew up and didn't take off. He was proud of what they learned. And, he, and people understand in technology, you learn through doing and you learn through some failure. Um, whereas in law, you don't. Um, so I, I like that. So I, I guess one of I, it wouldn't necessarily be one specific story. I think one of the things that we did as a company was um, we ended up uh, launching our product and only including including some statutes and regulations from major states because some of our early users had told us they don't really rely on statutes and regulations as much as they rely on case law for their research. And then I think that ended up becoming a serious um, problem for some of our users to be able to have a complete picture and only use Ross as their only legal research solution. And so what we ended up doing from that is going out and getting all statutes and regulations. And that came through a partnership with Fastcase, which was awesome. And so I think it also not only did it help us, um, it, it immediately fixed something in our product, listening to some of those stories of our users who wanted all statutes and regulations enabled us to see another angle, which was this joint innovation that will come with, with our partnership through Fastcase. So it kind of, one thing that was more, I think, day-to-day -day operational led to something a lot more grandiose in terms of the scale of innovation to come, which I think is neat. And I think it illustrates the point that failures are where you find some of your greatest opportunities as well. And then I think client successes, uh, I love, uh, we get daily stories of client successes, one that I really loved um, and I think his case studies, we have a, um, a bunch of case studies up on our website um, where folks share these stories and, and it's really fun to, to read through. One of them was an individual who ended up using Ross to find a really niche um, piece of, of law and stream of reasoning that wasn't made in the particular argument that he was making with opposing counsel, but did have application. And he said to us that, you know, he prides himself on being really adept and um, good at research using the traditional methods, but he wasn't finding this reasoning and that he was like, hey, I understand that by because you guys use a different way of, of, of kind of thinking through the problem and solving that problem, I ended up seeing results that I wasn't getting. And when he presented those results to opposing counsel, he ended up uh, settling uh, and winning uh, through that settlement in terms of what he want, the client got the outcome they wanted. So I love it because it's, it, I think every day we, we have more and more of those stories occurring and it's, it's peace. It's, it's why I really like that is our technology really kind of democratizes the space because it doesn't become about if you so happen to get lucky to find a, a line of reasoning or not. Um, or if you have, uh, you know, 14 associates, 
who can read through uh, thousands of cases against one lawyer, it becomes a battle of wits. It becomes a battle of what should be the optimum legal outcome based off of precedence and your oral arguments and your written arguments. And that's what law is all about. Cool. Great to hear. And thank you for being so honest about the failures you experienced. Yeah. So last question here. Over the last few years, there has been a fair amount of press coverage on yourself and other new legal research tools. I'd be interested to hear from you what you think differentiates yourself from the existing tools as well as the other new legal research tools that have come about recently. Yeah, so I think there's always my opinion, um, which is one, but I think ultimately um, what I will probably share, Andrew, is what I hear from our users as well as um, folks who might not use our tool, um, but have assessed our t- uh, everyone's tool. So I think our strength really lies in being able to ensure you are able to find information you could miss in other platforms, as well as I think a, a really huge thing is that the way we approach pricing and even trying our product is something folks love. So um, anyone can go to rossintelligence.com and you can sign up for a 14 day free trial with no restraints on that. You can hop right into the tool, assess it. And then after that, you could either do an annual contract, which is Ross about $69 a month or an, or um, a month to month approach, which is $89 a month. And so I think the flexibility of that is something that folks really love, the transparency of our platform. But I think ultimately that's how I would say we differentiate. We're, we're faster, more accurate, um, uh, and our pricing's better is how I would say against the more traditional, um, older established players. I think how I would um, kind of compare us against some of the newer entrants is that I think a lot of newer entrants are great features um, and they, their tool isn't something that someone can use kind of start to finish in their legal research. Whereas with Ross, folks can enter from the moment they have their legal research issue, conduct their legal research, um, be able to analyze documents, gain insight from documents, et cetera, um, and do that kind of fully. Whereas I think um, some other uh, products, which are very exciting, and I have a lot of great things to talk to say about them, seem to be a little bit more of a great feature to have rather than a more complete product. And that that's not necessarily what um, just from my perspective, that's why we've been able to have um, the response in the market that we've had and why we've been able to continuously um, grow at the rate we have been and also be able to share the awesome stories and testimonials, like I mentioned, which are up on our website. Cool. So you've tried to build firstly a really great product, but then what you feel is kind of differentiating you is that you've got a great product and you've also tried to pair it with a really client-friendly commercial model. That's absolutely right. I think in legal technology, um, there hasn't been as much competition within the space, which has led to individuals having to sign things like three-year deals at multiple hundreds of dollars a month for legal research. I don't think you need to do that. If you can find a tool like Ross, which can, you know, you're paying $69 for a month and you're able to do everything you need, have all the information you need, and you can even choose a month to month option. Um, we, we like that because it shows that we're willing to, uh, and one of our uh, customers recently said this, that she said, I love using Ross because the fact that you, I can go month to month means that you guys want to be able to win back my business and care about my business rather than locking me into a three-year deal. And we take, um, our, our customer feedback extremely um, highly. And I think that that's what also has been a big factor of our success is even in where we make mistakes, we learn from those and we get better every day. Cool. Well, Andrew, I think that's all we have time for today, but thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really interesting to hear from you. 
Well, thank you, Andrew. And it's like I said at the beginning, always fun to speak with another Andrew in the space. And for folks listening in, would, uh, if you're interested in and you do legal research, uh, I would be a horrible founder and co-founder of a company uh, if I didn't say you should check out our website uh, and sign up. Uh, a nice little plug there by Andrew at the end of the interview. But who really should be checking out their website? Well, if you're a lawyer supporting litigation in any context, you are likely going to need some kind of legal research tool, whether it be one of the newer AI-enabled products or one of the classic tools. So the question, I think, is really who stands to benefit the most from the advancements that Ross offers? My expectation is that smaller law firms or even individual practitioners would likely gain the most from using Ross. Basically anyone that doesn't have the substantial number of junior lawyers to throw at legal research, the large law firms do. Ross's enhanced ability to surface only relevant results makes the workload just a bit more manageable for a smaller team. While the simplified interface means you don't need to be a research tool specialist, to conduct effective research. I think Ross may also appeal more to individual practitioners, especially those that work on a contingent fee basis. In those instances, you could use the Ross Doc Analyzer to undertake a relatively low effort check on the strength of a particular case before taking it on and committing your full time and resources to the matter. Well, that's about everything for this episode. We'll be back shortly with another tasting menu, but in the meantime, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends and colleagues on LinkedIn, Twitter, or whatever social media you use. And just as a reminder, you can sign up for the next Legal Tech Tapas episode at legaltechtapas.substack.com and on all the major podcast platforms.